When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. The HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Hey everyone, Scott Hansen here from NFL Red Zone. I hope you're checking out one hour of Five Yard Rush, one of the best podcasts on NFL football in the UK. Yo, what's happening, Rush Nation? We're back. It's Monday night. There's about 12 games of week 12 left because COVID has thrown everything up in the air. We're on YouTube, uh, Twitter, Periscope. We're coming at you from, uh, it's multi-platform excellent. I have stolen that off of another platform, but I won't tell you where. It's me and the big man. Big man, how are you doing, man? I'm all right, man. 36 hours and then lockdown is lifted and I can get this and this cut. I cannot wait. That's hair and beard for those of you that aren't watching the live stream because it's just, well, I don't know how to put it. Wild is probably a bit far. It's, it's plant-like, I think, now. It's, it's like weeds. It's overgrown. Didn't, didn't you get some sort of clippers from the last one? Didn't you attempt yeah, to do it yourself? Yeah, but it's so close to like the end of lockdown now. I, was like, I might as well. I prefer to get it all done in the barbers. They do a better job. I'm not having the wife do it. I'm not having me do it. Um, I can wait till Wednesday. It's fine. It's you could have you, you, you done the beard. You could have done the bit. Problem is to cut it too short and then the wife moans. Well, how long are your clippers? Like, surely you've got a nine or a ten on that set. No? Uh, I did it on the second to longest setting and it was still too short. No, I don't know. I, I think maybe you need to... In, I know what, I tell you what, I'm going to get you one for Christmas, like a proper beard grooming. Because no, I, won't, I won't use it. No, you I will. prefer going to the barbers. It's okay. an experience. I like going to the barbers. I like my barber. He he calls me the second most famous person in his shop 
behind Brendan Rogers. Yes, Brendan Rogers and I have the same barber, believe it or not. Um, so, although he's in Leicester, so I don't think he's used for. So, so temporarily, I am the most famous person in my barbers. Brendan Rogers it. isn't even famous. Like, Brendan Rogers is pretty famous. He's more famous no, than I am. He's only no, he's not. Not in this platform. I reckon everybody. <laughs> see, there'll be people on this platform who know you but and I not am... Brendan Rogers. But I am not famous because of this platform. I'm famous because of a short clip on a video to start the no. Premier League series internationally. I'm an international superstar. If anyone wants to know more, I've got a picture. I can tell you a story. It'll be offline. I'm not doing it on here. You've got it all wrong. You are famous because of that picture. But on this platform, you are internationally famous because of this platform. People aren't mm. here because of the picture of you at Arsenal. People are here because they know a five-yard rush. Yeah, that's debatable. We'll see. Yeah, okay. debatable. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe they're just here for you. I'm just here as like a passenger. I just I'm like no. a bad smell. I just sort of got invited once and never left, and that, and that was like three and a half years ago. <laughs> that that would be a terrible smell if it was still going. <laughs> still going. Oh man, I I I just genuinely don't know what to say about week twelve. It's um, it's murdering me. It is it's murdering me. I mean, it was. It it was the worst wave of wire I'd probably ever seen going into it. I did quite well off the wave of wire. I can't really moan. If you look at the wave of wire picks, they, you know, if you listen to me, but Robert Tonyan, tight end one right now, just saying. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if that is not, if that is not a reason to end tight end as a position that I can pick the tight end one in a, in a streaming ca- column, is just ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I just think, um, I just think with regards to the the, the week, it, it was a strange week. I, I sort of, we got some takeaways. I'm going to save some of it for that. But I, it's normally at this point of the season where you see the studs start to break away and become the studs, and the ones that have been doing it all season start to really gallop and and show their class. And I think with the exception of Tyreek Hill and Derek Henry, that is not happening. <laughs> it just you've got you've got one or two players in each position that are starting to separate and everyone yep. else is just it's just meh. It's either average or it's bad. I, I I'm gonna do a bit on the scoring this season and see how COVID has affected it. Just in general to try and understand where scoring, fantasy scoring is compared. Um, and try and understand that. And that's something that maybe we might put in the book. I don't know. It depends on what the research does, because if it's not worth putting in, it's not going to go in. So I'm not going to promise it. Uh, but I'll do the research and I'll, I'll work out where I think there's some of this has gone wrong in a post-mortem kind of way. <laughs> post-mortem is pretty apt. Well, no. So, okay. <laughs> I should clear that up that I use that term in my career quite a lot to whenever we do a deal and it doesn't, we don't win it. We do a post-mortem on it. We try and understand why we didn't win it so that we don't make the same mistakes again. You could call it black box thinking. You can call it whatever you like, right? Um, Black box thinking, by the way, is is a great business book. If you've, uh, it's, I guess it's designed to be a business book, but it doesn't have to be um, written by, um, um, Oh God. I know his last name, Matthew Said. I couldn't remember his first name. Matthew Said wrote it. Uh, he wrote Bounce, uh, which is the 10,000 hour thing. And he wrote uh, a couple of things. He did the, the, the podcast with Robbie Savage and uh, Freddie Flintoff. Um, but okay. 
yeah, black box thinking is basically you, you just do the diagnostics on the end. You, you hold no blame. It's all based on the airlines. So like with the, with the, you know, in the airline industry, you've got the black box mm-hmm. and basically there is a period of time in which the pilot, as long as they cooperate with the exception of things that are like gross negligent alcohol and things that they've, they've deliberately done something. If they did something accidentally that might have been the cause of the fault of a crash and survived or cause of fault or whatever have happened, whether it's like a emergency landing, whatever, if they cooperate with the investigation, no, no blame is held. Um, so what happens is that basically they volunteer all the information so that to make sure that they understand why that fault happened so that that fault never happens again. Um, and similar to, so that's what I mean by the term post-war black box thinking. It's we, we look at this season to understand what we did right, what we did wrong, what scoring has done, understand everything and then say, what could we have done better? But also what do we have to put in place so that we don't make the same mistakes again? That's kind of what I, I, I mean by, by that. Gotcha. Do you know what color a black box actually is? red or green well, or something I mean, like that. it's I'm, primary color it's i think it's yellow okay um it could be orange it's definitely one of those two um had a contentious quiz answer uh i i, I know the color but i got it wrong because of my color blindness and wasn't given the ruling so that was that 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 hurt one day but you you talked a little bit about books murph you also dropped the fact that we're writing another one so Spoiler alert, if you didn't already know, uh, Murph and I will be writing the Fantasy Football Playbook 2020 edition? 2021, I guess, when it comes out. 2021 edition. The black box is orange, by the way. See, I, kn- I knew it was one of the two. I told you. Contentious colour issue. Um, yeah, so the, the the Fantasy Playbook is coming back. It's making a return. And we are going to drop the price of the old edition to uh, pretty much free now, Murph, right? Not not free, because oh, Amazon much. obviously have to print it. Um, there is going to be a cost associated. Um, I I don't know. We need to look at the margins. We are going to drop it. We'll drop it either today or tomorrow on Amazon. So if you bought the PDF and you like hard copies to make notes on, this is a good way of doing it. Uh, I mean, it's not going to be free to set expectations. I don't think it could drop below like £7 or something. But the, the, we, could, we could really lower the PDF version. Yeah, we can, we'll lower the PDF version as well. Um, so we'll look at, at what we'll do on that to make that um, a lot cheaper. And, and the reason why you should buy it, and for those of you that have bought it, and thank you very much, and, and, and the reason why is a lot of it's strategy play that isn't year agnostic. Or it is year agnostic. It doesn't matter what year you play it. The strategy is the strategy. The stats are the stats. And it's good that we put a lot of information in there that you can use to correlate information going forward. So some of those stats that I did charts on based on three-year data, four-year data, five-year data, whatever it might have been, depending on what chart and, and everything you're looking at. I'm going to update that with this year's stats. I'm not going to go back and do like all of it again. It kind of makes sense. You know, you, you will need the first bit of this book for parts of the charts that we'll look at because it, it, it seems pointless to reprint information that we've already printed. Yep. Um and that's not our way of just trying to say, well, buy the old book. It's money. You know, we're going to put the book out. So we're not you know, making much of anything on it really. Um, but it's just good because what we want to do is over time is show progress, show progress, not just in our thinking, uh, but progress in, in the game of fantasy football itself. It evolves so much. Um, and I, I'm starting to be of the belief that this game is actually becoming full circle to what it was when I first started, which was investment in quarterbacks, um, 
no investment in tight ends required. Um, and, <laughs> and then you had a couple of special running backs and then everybody else was kind of like a bit of a meh. And, and that's kind of what you had 20 years ago. And we're almost this season is, is almost a throwback to that. And it's whether or not that continues. And that's where those diagnostics and parts of the book will be. So yeah, there's a lot of work to do. <laughs> to be honest, we haven't started it. Um, because we're still churning out content for this year. Not, we've got a, we've got a not, month to go. Not true. I've done okay. one player for the rookie profile, and right. that's only because he played one game this year and hasn't played anymore. So. <laughs> well, there you go. Oh, I know who it is already. Yep. Uh, well, is it, it's a, a fair comparison. draft disaster. No, I mean, he's currently my number one overall player in the 2021 draft, but that's because he's the only he's person the only I've player. done it. <laughs> So that yeah. you know, let, he can fall down the draft board, Murph. Don't worry, don't worry. I mean, he will fall down the draft board. Oh no, no doubt. But he's yeah, a, I, a... <laughs> I, I've got one other player I've, I've got in the document so far, and that's because he hasn't taken a snap this year. But otherwise, everything else is open to interpretation. That's that's fair. But but yeah, but we haven't really started it because we are still churning out content at a wild pace. Yeah, it's uh, it's a grind now. A month to go. Um, I, I'll be honest, I'm looking forward to January a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. I, I mean, I'll hate it when it comes because you'll be like, oh my God, there's no more meaningful there's no football. football. No fantasy football, things like that. But I am yeah, fast looking forward to uh, getting off the hamster wheel a little bit and uh, and uh, starting to look ahead and, and think about draft season and everything else. <laughs> Finding some free road. <laughs> yeah, I think so. It, it, it's tough, right? Because I write the same three articles every week and you know it they don't really deviate all that much mm-hmm. um so it, it, it you know and it gets to like the tight end section of the waiver wire i think anybody that's kind of noticed it kickers now has become this way i've got very i don't want to say lazy but it's the same players um tight end is the same players i think if you go through it's like four or five players that have been on a loop it's like a broken <laughs> record it's just repeating because the, the position is so bad you can only go with certain amounts of players and those players keep hitting and people aren't picking them up. Like Trey Burton, I've been banging on for Trey Burton about eight weeks now. I'm sitting there like he's 6% owned. I'm like, what is the point? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got Logan Thomas from 0.1% owned to 20, 26%, 27% owned. So eventually he will be over 30% owned. I think that is my mission because I've, I think I've put him in about eight waiver wire columns this season now, Logan Thomas, because it's not great. I know he's not great. Like, I know he's not a great tight end, but he is better than most tight ends. And that's because the position is so bad. Um, I think I've just got Tyler Bass locked in as my kicker for the remainder of the season. <laughs> I just don't see a point of putting anyone else. <laughs> I just don't. No. I go to look for another kicker. And I'm like, no, I'm still going to go with Tyler Bass every week. <laughs> yeah. um, oh, cat's the cat. back. There you go. Cat's back. So, yeah. So, yeah um, yeah, anyway, we'll move on from there. But yeah, uh, like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, not writing away for our articles. But I will say the stream has been very good. The PAS metrics are going to be very interesting this year. That That's one thing I can sort of promise. Good. That's what we like to hear. Some some good news coming out of the metric because we were never sure that, you know, as much as it pains me to say this, it could have been a one-hit wonder and it, it got flushed down, uh, down the stream, should we say, pretty quick. But it, it's done well this year. So that's great news reviews yeah long we, way to go we, we, 
yeah, I mean, as long as the stream doesn't turn into a raging rapid and get all crazy right there, and then we won't panic too much. But uh, we we panicking. We're not panicking, but we would love some reviews on uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you can leave a review. We would absolutely love you to uh, to hit us up with a little five star review, and we would be eternally grateful. Yeah, um, just really important for us to get out to to more people. Um, you know, we have such a loyal following. And it's really difficult because during the season, people don't want to tell people that they're listening to this podcast because they are getting good information. They are, you know, they want to keep it a, a close secret from people in their league. Um, that was that and, was my concern with having Andy Holloway on. <laughs> <laughs> so now everyone's going to know about the ballers. I know they are world famous, but if you were a five-yard rush listener and you didn't know about the fantasy footballers, suddenly you did. And yeah. I, I think, yeah, and I think at the end of the day, with all the analysts we put on, you know, there's some that I've, I've put on, Dwayne McFarland in particular is one that not a lot of people were listening to, and now a lot of people listen to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and look, I think um, I think there's a lot of people out there that will benefit from this podcast, even if they're in your league. Um, I think what we do is different, and I think we put out some, some quality content and some quality information. And if you're not going to tell people to listen to the podcast which pains me but okay um <laughs> you can you can do us a favor and write us a review because at least that way that will help us get out to strangers so if you if you want to keep us the best kept secret you can at least pass us forward a, a, a review on on apple Podcasts and say hey listen these guys are amazing five stars um you know feel free to use that review as a template i mean it'd be a bit weird if loads of people wrote the same thing but if if, if you want to be lazy you know something like that is fine i've kind of half done the work for you there so you don't have to think much um and then and then post it on there and um and, and yeah we can get out to some randoms in like lithuania or something that, that will see it as a result of your because it, it really genuinely does like it's amazing when someone posts a review we get found in like new countries um so please do because I doubt your work colleague is going to notice that you uh, have written a review about this podcast and found it, but it will mean that some random person in Lithuania will listen to this and dominate Lithuanian fantasy football. Yeah. And if you are listening in Lithuania right now, hit us up, let us know whereabouts. uh, Yeah, absolutely. Is Ljubljana, is that a place in Lithuania? I could tell I think Vionis is one. I don't know. Yeah, not sure. Do you know what we need for the studio, Murph, when we eventually get back in there? One of them copper scratchy things. So every time we get a new listener in a new country, we scratch it off. Because <laughs> travel's pretty much gone out the window, right? So let's change the just change the dynamic and scratch off countries on the board rather than travel there. That's not a bad idea, actually. I like that. I'm pretty sure we've definitely got more listeners in more countries than I've been to. We've got to have. It depends on the country you mean to. And yeah, not a few. I mean I'm not you know, I've never been on a gap year or anything and lost myself somewhere in a barley wood, but I've been about, I've been about. Um, okay. <laughs> let's do some news. Ravens versus Steelers is, is still scheduled to go ahead, despite the Ravens having players test positive eight days, eight days in a row. Mm-hmm. They have not practiced since Saturday before their week 11 loss to the Tennessee. That's now 23 players plus additional coaches who are on the COVID-19 list and they will not open the facility today because the NFL have shut it down. Yeah. I don't think the NFL showed that. I think it's protocol. Um, I, well, the only reason I said that is it came up on my sleeper notification. It said the NFL shut down Ravens practice facility. Oh, yeah. The NFL cancelled Ravens practice. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. So they cancelled practice, but they're going to make them play tomorrow night. There is a real, there's an, an added nuance 
to this. And so this is recorded on Monday. So if you're listening to this on the podcast feed and you're listening to this on Tuesday, this might have already been blown off and you think, what are these two idiots talking about? Um, <laughs> that wouldn't be the first time. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be the first time that we put out something and then it's changed immediately after we put it out. Um, there's actually due to be snow in, in Pittsburgh on Tuesday. So even if this game was going ahead as normal, the getting into Pittsburgh is not as easy as you know, flying because there's snow. So I, I you know, I, I put a tweet out on Sunday that just basically said, I just, for me, I don't feel comfortable starting that many Baltimore Ravens and Pittsburgh Steeler players. I just can't see how this game can go ahead. Um, and even if it goes ahead, who are the Ravens putting out? And then if the Ravens are putting out a really depleted side and the Pittsburgh Steelers get out early, do they then bench all their starters because they've not, practice that much and risk injury and they're 10 and no like there's just too much weirdness around it to even if it goes ahead i don't feel comfortable there's a i've got i've kept like a couple of players in where it's just stupid not to like um in in the bffl i had like in the flex it was a choice between tyler higby or um chase claypool i'm like well Higby's not going to score anything anyway, so I might as well play Claypool. Like, yeah. even if he scores nothing, he's still probably going to be round about where Higby's going to be. So I'll take the risk-reward. A few places I've started um, a wide receiver there for, for those reasons, because in deeper leagues, it's like, oh, the choice was him or Kendall Hinton or someone like that. In some places, I even put Kendall Hinton in over a, a, a Steeler, which hasn't panned out, but hey, <laughs> it just kind of like was one of those things. It was like, yeah, just see what happens. But I, yeah, I'm not playing many unless I had to. There's a few where I've got Eric Ebron in because the tight end alternative was just like here we are again, full circle. Yeah, I don't even I don't even know who you picked. Like, uh, like there's just no one available on the tight end waiver wire really because no one's any good. So it's a bit like okay, uh, I'll just stick with Ebron and if he scores zero, all right, so be it. So yeah, yeah. it's um it, it, it is a bit of a mess and. Uh, they need to sort this out um, and quickly. And I think the fact that we've got to Monday that the Ravens cannot practice and we still haven't got this game called off. It, it looks bad for the NFL. And I think the NFL for the most part have done really well with COVID. They find draft picks, restrictions, bans, all these sorts of things. I think they, they've moved schedules. I think they did a lot of stuff early that they've done well to get this far in the season this is a bit of a farce because the easy solution here would have been twofold. One, kick this to week 18. And if the game needs to be played, then you, because it's got playoff ramifications, etc., then you play it. Um, and you delay the playoffs a week or whatever you need to do. You mm-hmm. can work something out with that. Or you look at when these teams, you, you can change their schedules and do like a, um, potentially like a, 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 a shortened schedule so they could play like a, they could play Thursday night football uh, and then play their other games on a Tuesday or something, which again is, is, is a short turnaround. I get that physically is demanding, but there's ways you could have done this. But if you do it to the week 18 part, if this game didn't need to be played because the Steelers have locked the number one and the Ravens are in the playoffs and they can't improve their record, you could just declare it a tie and you don't need to play the game, which I think just kind of made more sense mm. is that this game might have ramifications for the playoff picture and there's a good chance it might do, but there's also a chance it might not. And if you don't need to play the game, why risk it for the sake of playing it? Well, yeah, I mean, you've got to play every game. Like I get that. Like you can't just be calling games off willy nilly, but 
we're so close to the end of the season now. It's like we there's there's a chance that this game doesn't really impact anything. But well, I guess we'll know that in a few weeks. But I, I just I think forcing the Ravens to play through this is is horrible. I think it's it's they're down twenty twenty one twenty two starters. Like it's it's a tough sitch. That's what I mean. Like, and you're going to put that product on television. Mm. So it's not even a case of just for the sake of, oh, okay, we're going to just do this and this is the way it goes. It's actually, you're putting that product on television on Tuesday Night Football. It's a standalone game. So there's no alternative to what, it's that or nothing. So people are obviously going to watch the game. Mm-hmm. And then you question, if I'm, the, if I'm the, the Chiefs here, I'm one game behind the Steelers for the bye. There's only one bye this year. Are you particularly happy that this is going to happen? And then you've got the Cowboys. The Cowboys don't know when they play next week. I think they've moved Thursday night football to Monday night football. Tom Palacero is saying they're not going to move that game, but they might again. So the Cowboys don't know for sure when they're playing. They think it's going to be Monday night football, but they could flex that back into Sunday. They could flex it into Thursday again. If they don't play tomorrow, I, who knows what's going to happen? Like, it's just, it's all up in the air. So if it seems like the Cowboys, they can't prepare. Mm-hmm. The Steelers have yeah, the Steelers are struggling like in terms of what they do. The, the Ravens don't have anyone to put out on a field. Like, I just, I just think there's, there were better ways of handling this than how this has been handled. Yeah, absolutely agree. I'm, I'm going to get up on my soapbox in a second, Murph, and go absolutely ballistic about Denver. But we'll talk about the headline first, and that's that Drew Locke and the Denver Broncos quarterbacks did not wear their masks correctly when in a team meeting, meaning they were added to the COVID-19 list for close contact protocol reasons. And that meant that Kendall Hinton, a practice squad wide receiver, had to play quarterback for the Denver Broncos in their defeat to the Saints on Sunday. Now, as a Broncos fan... All I saw on Sunday was how can the NFL let this go ahead because the Denver Broncos have now caught quarterbacks to play. And it, it, that's people were jumping in there without knowing the full story. And the fact that the Denver Broncos quarterbacks were in a room together and didn't wear their masks, which is against league protocol, means that they were correctly added to the COVID list and couldn't play football. That is not the Denver Broncos fault that is the quarterback rooms fault for mismanaging their mask managing uh, or, or just flat out I mean how stupid do you have to be you are getting paid millions of pounds and are in the public eye you are a role model for millions especially someone like Drew Locke who is a young quarterback who has got drafted to a team where they needed a quarterback is apparently the heir apparent and You've got all these people looking at you on a spotlight and you go and do something as stupid as this. Like what even Vic Fangio said it in his press conference after the game, like he's hugely disappointed in the quarterback room. What it's just a farce. Like it's an absolute sham. And as a Denver fan, I am embarrassed that these four guys are in a room, not together, because I don't know why Blake Bortles was there. He's the practice squad quarterback. Like, why are you even in a room with these three guys? Yeah. I, it's, and the fact that I mean, it's just, it's an embarrassment. As a Denver Broncos fan, it is a flat. If you want to come at me on any social media, come at me. But this is, it's an embarrassment for, not for the NFL. I think they handled it perfectly. It is an embarrassment for the Denver Broncos because for the rest of the team, they had to go out there with 
a guy who had been on the squad for less than a week, who was stacking shelves in a supermarket, had had no practice reps, and he had to go out and play quarterback against one of the best defenses in the league. Like the, the guy had no chance, absolutely no chance. We've seen how good quarterbacks can make a team better. And this guy, as good as this guy could have been, he played four games for Wake Forest, I think, in college. It, it, it wouldn't at have mattered. Back. He actually at, played his senior yeah. year at wide receiver. But yeah, and you're exactly it, right. It, it, I mean, I, I don't want to go on about it, but it's just, as a fan, it's, it's sickened me that this is how the leaders of the team have professionally put themselves out there in the spotlight. Like, I, yeah. it's, it's horrendous. I couldn't agree more. And people were calling for that game to be called off yesterday. And I'll tell you why the game couldn't be called off. Because what you've done there is you have given people a scenario where if you had called that game off, imagine you get get an injury in a really important position. Let's say, I don't know, let's say Tom Brady. Let's say Tom Brady gets gets a a knock, an injury, right, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Your backup is Blaine Gabbert who we don't trust for, for Toffee. Now, the I'm not going to say this is an easy thing to do, but you know that Tom Brady is, is unlikely to play Sunday, but he could play, say, Wednesday or Tuesday yep. or Thursday, whatever it is, right? You postpone the game back a few days and you think he'd be, he'd be more ready. He'll be on point. We won't have to go with Gabbert. It won't be a game nine decision. So I know we'll get the, if we've got someone who's tested COVID, COVID positive on the roster, we'll put him in a room with a few players and we'll get the game called off. Yep. Now that's socially irresponsible and stupid as you rightly called out, but I can 100% see teams manipulating that situation just as, as the Broncos did. And they weren't manipulating it. They weren't trying to get an advantage by doing it. That was just pure stupidity. Um, Drew Locke was saying that he pulled his mask down. Um, he said he wore a mask. It was just down. Well, what's um, the difference in not wearing one as to pulling it down? You're a no, muppet. And, and this is what I don't understand. And you made the point 100% clear here is, okay, the quarterbacks are in a room. They pull down the mask to make a mistake, okay? I, I can understand your viewpoint as a fan, and I completely agree with you 120%. I can also understand that there is a temporary lapse in judgment. You've walked into one area of the, like you've just come in from outside, your mask was down, you haven't pulled it up. It's accidental. I can kind of half get on board that that is something that, that happens. I think the thing for me that you said here that shocks me more than anything is Blake Bortles is on the practice squad. And the whole reason you've got a quarterback on the practice squad is he should be isolated so that if something like this happens, you as a franchise have somebody who can come in. This is exactly why Josh McCowan is sitting in his house in Denver. Um, sorry, in Dallas. He's sitting in Dallas. He is not with the Eagle squad at all because he knows the playbook. He's been with the team for years. Mm-hmm. He has just told, just listen, you're, you're, you've been in the league 15 years, 16 years. Just stay fit. Train, stay fit, join the Zoom calls, stay in touch. And if something happens to Carson Wentz in the quarterback room, we'll give you a call. Because and and that they've isolated him entirely from the from the facility. Because if something happened, Josh McCowan can get on a plane, and he's COVID safe. He has to have a test. But assuming because he's isolating in Dallas, away from everything, chances are he's he's going to be fine. Yep. Why Blake Bortles was at the facility at all is 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 head scratchingly stupid. Um, and I think it's a failure across the board. It's Drew Locke's fault, as you rightly say, for not wearing his mask. And as a leader of the team, I think his statement is something that people probably haven't read. And actually it's something that we've all worn a mask. 
we all might have accidentally, you know, forget to put it on for a brief period. He could have had that mask off for 20 seconds. We don't know how bad the yeah. the infraction is. So to sit here, I don't want to sit here and, and cast too much judgment on him. Um, if it turns out he wasn't wearing one at all and he was just reckless and stupid, then 100%. If he had one off for a minute or two, I'm not saying that's right. And I'm still saying he, he's he's going to suffer the right consequences of his actions. But also, it's not the worst crime that anybody's ever committed that they've not put a mask on for two minutes. No. And if that was the league decision of, well, you've got to go on a COVID list, then, then, then that's fine. And he is irresponsible to do that. But I think the franchise is more culpable for having everybody in one room. I think 100%. we all should have learned better that that doesn't need to happen, that you have to keep certain positions. And I feel sorry for... Because, you know, for Kendall Hinton, he is going to be a punchline. You know, you, there were people in the building who did not know who Kendall Hinton was. They'd never seen Kendall Hinton. Yep. He'd never been in the building. And he's starting a game. Like, that scenario should never happen. No. It should never happen in the NFL that you've got a guy out there who who isn't ready. And it's dangerous. We saw it. You know, I think Hinton, I mean, he's athletic and it's a good thing that he is because I tell you what, if he was a statue, I don't really know. I don't want to know what would happen. And I'm glad it was him and not Royce Freeman because although Royce Freeman, you know, was talked about, he could do the job and everything else. And he's got more game time experience and more game speed and all of that. I don't think he moves quite as well as Hinton does. And Hinton got himself out of a lot of, okay, threw some interceptions. He didn't completely one pass. You know, he didn't, he didn't, like look like a quarterback in, in the NFL by any stretch, but the one thing he did do is he didn't take a big hit. Yeah, it, he didn't take he didn't take a career-ending hit, and a lot of that was down to his own athleticism more than. And, and the yeah. O line didn't play terribly. I mean, they weren't they weren't bad at all. Um, what 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 frightens me about this is you've got an organization, one of the thirty-two NFL teams, and this could be happening in other teams across yeah. the league. We don't know about it. Where you've got an entire unit in one room together having a meeting or whatever was going on at that point. Why we've mentioned it, Blake Bortles is there, but if you have four quarterbacks and you need to have a meeting, have them in separate places, but have the meeting over the internet. Do you know what I mean? You, you, if you get your wide receiver room, you don't have them all in the same small room. You separate yeah. them out. Like, I can understand the quarterback and the backup quarterback in the same room because yeah. they would have been out there taking reps. So if you're doing some breakdown of, of tape or breakdown of reps that were happening in practice, that you've just had the practice, the two of them were taking reps, I can understand the logic of the two of them being in the same room. The third string quarterback's not taking reps, or if he is, he's taking one or two. He's got nothing to break down. What, what are you going to judge him on two snaps? Like, it's pointless. Yeah. And Blake Bortles shouldn't have been there at all. Like... Yeah, you're exactly right. Hold it over the internet. I think, I think in general, and I think this is something that will stem into what I've witnessed in, in, in life in, in recent weeks, is that people have got, I don't want to say negligent, but lax with, with the pandemic. I see mm-hmm. more and more infractions of this pandemic, and people have COVID fatigue. And I have no doubt that the players, the NFL franchises, have to a degree as well, because it, it's, it must be so disrupting to have to work in that environment. And it goes against all of your instincts as a person, especially a person who is vocal uh, and a person who is communicative and extroverted. It, it's got to be incredibly difficult. I'm struggling as an extroverted individual having to stay at home 22 hours, 23 hours a day, every day. 
like I find that a struggle. I mean, I do go out to some places like public parks and things and national trusts, but I find it a struggle. I've not seen some of my closest friends in, in eight, nine months. And I understand that. And I understand that there are some nice judgments, but some of them are deliberate or just flat negligence. And some of them are not. And I just think, yeah, I, I, we're so close to the end of the regular season exactly. that appreciate it's been a hard slog. You're talking three months away from your families or three months away from life as you kind of know it, but also you, you're paid as professionals millions and millions of dollars to do this. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, you had an opportunity to opt out and take a stipend. And a lot of these people didn't. And I understand why I would personally play if it was me. I understand the reasons to play and the risks yeah. and I get it. I just think, and I think they get a raw deal given all the COVID restrictions as well. But with that comes, you can't be stupid. And this is a, 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 a an absolute instance of stupidity. The Saints at the weekend got fined $500,000 and they've lost a draft pick for continued negligence and breaches of COVID-19 protocols. The Titans breached protocols and almost put the season in jeopardy. We're yet to hear what the Ravens have done and there will be an investigation because 23 players don't just get COVID. So there must be something. I'm not casting any judgment until an official investigation happens and we find out why. But 23 people getting COVID, in fact, more than that, when you factor in the coaches, says to me that there is a breach. There has Mm. to be a breach because you've got other teams that have very minimal cases of COVID. So there's some teams in hot bods or in hot areas. Of the take take the Giants. The Giants and, and the Jets have very minimal cases of COVID despite being in one of the most COVID-rich central areas in, in the country. Like, the yeah. regulations and the, and the protocols work because there are teams that aren't getting these. Co- you might get the odd one, but you're not getting these multiple cases. Yeah. So it, it was just it's just frustrating as, yeah, as, a, as fan a fan of the franchise. Could, yeah. it's, it, it, it made me feel embarrassed for for the franchises as, as a whole. And also, each NFL game is sacred. What makes NFL so different from almost any other sport on television is is you get so few games a season. Mm. You know, you have sixteen opportunities to play to your fans in a calendar year. More if you make the playoffs. So each game is sacred because you have sixteen games. You know, it's it's not like the Premier League where you have and, – and then when you factor it down to home fans, all right, there's no home fans in the stadium this year. That's eight opportunities to play a home game, which the Broncos were at home yesterday. So there's eight opportunities a year where your team play in your town. Again, maybe more if you make the playoffs, et cetera, and get a home buy or home schedule. But in theory, eight, eight times a year you play at home in your in your town representing your team. In a calendar year, that's not a lot. That really isn't. You know, you're talking about Premier League clubs, they play 19 and then European games and, and all that. And yeah. Lower league clubs get 23. Um, NBA is, is 40-odd. Um, MLB is 82 or 81. Um, you know, all these other sports, you get a lot more opportunities. This is why the NFL is so special is because there's so few games. And to take that opportunity away by putting a guy out there who isn't NFL-ready, quarterback ready you know never seen the playbook never taken a snap with the team and to put him in that position is 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 unfortunate for the fans and it's unfortunate for the viewing audience because that first court that first half was just it was horrible to watch i mean it was it was horrible um 
you know, up until the two minute warning, there was there was five yards passing by both quarterbacks <laughs> combined in the in the game. Like that's not football. Um, that's not what you're you're tuning in for in in what is supposed to be the greatest spectacle on on earth. So yeah, I I can understand your disappointment as a fan. I don't know how I would have felt. Probably very similar to you, given how I am, and I, I probably and if if I heard Denver fans boycotting the game as a result, I actually wouldn't blame them. As yeah. as sacred as that is, and to take away one of those eight games, is it is it, sad. It's sad because it's easily avoidable. I guess the silver lining is that Kendall Hinton, it, he has a story and he can and say a paycheck. To, and a paycheck and he can say to his friends and family, you know, he's probably got that game Jersey and the amount of people who actually start as an NFL quarterback is a tiny percentage of, of, of Americans. So the fact that Kendall Hinton can go out there and say, I started a game at quarterback for the Denver Broncos, you know, that's, that's pretty cool for him. So oh, absolutely. Like he, this guy, will, you know, and he's not earned a ridiculous amount of money here, but he'd had to be promoted to a roster. He would have had to have earned maybe a high five, six figure sum um, to appear on Sunday. I hope that they compensate him maybe more than that, just given the, the circumstances and the nature of, of having to put him through that experience. But yeah, it, it is a cool experience. I mean, if, if you or me were asked to do it, we would have done it in an instant, no matter how much we embarrassed ourselves on television, because he might ne- and probably won't ever get that opportunity again. And, and, and listen, people can sit here and mock him for running around and, and everything else, but I challenge anybody to, to do better. I, I, we've, we've no practice, we've no training, we're never meeting these players, really. Um, yeah. Never picking up the playbook, not throwing a ball for for weeks, months. Um, I mean, like he hadn't thrown a ball since his junior year at, at Wake Forest in a competitive game. He played last season a wide receiver. I just think, good luck to him, I think. You know, anyway, I think it is what it is. <laughs> I can understand you're upset and I agree with you 100%. Yeah, disappointing to say the least. Santa Clara County has ruled no contact physical sports, including professional sports, will be allowed to play in the county for three weeks starting today. Santa Clara is home of the San Francisco 49ers. For a while, the 49ers had nowhere to play football. No, but they do now. Um, the Arizona Cardinals have extended their arm. Um, it just was announced as we were going on air that um, <clears throat> the San Francisco 49ers will play their next two home games in Arizona. That was pretty fortunate that the Cardinals were away then, I presume, at the same time that the 49ers need to be at home. Yeah, for me, there, there were two options on the table. One, Arizona were kind enough to extend and to and to do this, and that, and that's you know full credit to them because obviously it, it sounds like a really easy decision. Well, we're not here for two weeks; just come use our stadium. It's fine, mm-hmm. um, and and that seems like really like oh well, that's a nice easy thing to do. But you think about the the staff that have to be hired, um, you know, like event staff, all those sort of people because they do have visitors at the stadium. I believe in Arizona. I'm. I'm not sure what the capacity strength is, but I'm sure that they have um, people in the stands there. So obviously there's event staff security. All those people will have to work two more weeks that they weren't planning to, which, you know, sounds like a blessing given the economic climate, but also that's two weeks that they're potentially at risk to public and things like that. You know, it's not, it's not as easy as just to say, yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, The other alternative, and I thought this was the one they would go for was to go and play in Oakland. Oakland is 30 miles away from, from Levi stadium. Um, 
it's still serviceable as a stadium for two weeks. I mean, it would have been fine. But anyway, this is this is the proven. It's it's very lucky that they're playing back to back home games rather than home game away game home game because now they can bubble. Everyone can bubble. Everyone can do what they need to do in Arizona for the next fourteen days, um, and they'll be able to play their last home game of the season, which is the third of January, I believe. Um, back in Santa Clara if they lift this restriction, which is supposed to be a three-week break. When does the baseball season start? Uh, scheduled for March, end of March. Okay. No, I was just wondering whether perhaps they talked about going back to uh, Oakland, but the because they shared the pitch with the uh, athletics. athletics, but maybe there's no pitch down. But then March is a long way. I don't know. I was just thinking turf-wise. I mean, that could be the case because there hasn't been football there all season. That that could be it. I'm sure they could have got a turf down if they needed to or they could have got an AstroTurf or, or done what they needed to do uh, in a time frame. I don't know. But, I mean, you're the, you're the gardener, not me. But Gardener. The... Gardener. That is absolute blasphemy. Get out. Get, get out. Gardener. Apologies. I, I, meant, I meant to come up with a better term, but... Oh, you, the expletive nearly flew out of my mouth there, Murph. That, well, you are okay. You no, are, no. <laughs> you are a living, you're a living plant extraordinaire. I don't know what to say. I take that. I mean, turf care professional is my uh, yeah. title, but living plant extraordinaire. I like. Maybe that's going on the back of my t-shirt. There you go. Dave, <laughs> Dave Coldwell has been fired as the general manager of the Jaguars after eight seasons. He was uh, a pretty shoddy thirty-seven and eighty-six in his tenure as GM. Not surprising. I mean, I think it's I think it's really nice of them to have fired him now, because when they lose next week, he would have been fifty games under five hundred. So forty nine games under five hundred just seems to be that that so much better. So <laughs> you know, I think they've done him a kindness. Um, I I I go back to this. We've talked about this before. I do not understand how Dave Caldwell has survived. Maybe he knew who killed Kennedy or had some extreme dirt on someone in the organization. And someone's just decided that we just don't care anymore. Like release it because <laughs> nothing is worse than watching the, the Jacksonville Jaguars play football right now. Dave Caldwell should have gone about five, six years. He should have gone years ago. Like the fact he's made it to now is nothing short of remarkable. Um, what is more remarkable is Doug Marone is still the head coach there. I can't imagine it's going to be for much longer. Well, is they it have be... five more games. Yeah, you could see out the season. <laughs> They've got Jack Del Rio on staff, so I don't know why you don't fire Dub Marone and and give it to Jack Del Rio. It's not like you've. He's, it's not like he's not coached in the NFL, or being successful <laughs> as an NFL head coach or yeah. anything. Like I just don't. Yeah, I don't understand why Dub Marone is still there. Maybe because they're trying to stay in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. They're one game behind the Jets. Uh, maybe. Um, either way, it's hard for me to see a path where Doug Marone is still the head coach of um, the Jacksonville Jaguars come come January 5th. Who who do you think gets the bullet first, Marone or Gaze? Um, wouldn't shock me if they both went on the same evening, which is the last Sunday of the season, which I think, is, again, is the 3rd of January. Okay. Um, it would not shock me that both of those individuals were let go on that Sunday. Happy twenty one, twenty twenty one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess it, it would depend on when they play. It, 
within 24 hours of each other, I can see them both going if Marone isn't fired before the end of the season. I think Gaze is there till the end of the season. Because if you're going to make a change, why would you not have changed him now? Like he he's on course, as I keep saying, to win the number one pick. So you don't want to disrupt that. You want to keep him there to win the number one pick. Maybe you keep Dub Marone there because he's keeping he's keeping Gaze on his toes. Um, either way, it's only those two. They, you know, the next team back, I think, are the Chargers, and they've got three wins. Has anyone else got three wins? I don't know. Off the top of my head. I'm I know the sure. Chargers do, um, miraculously. Maybe. How about this for a take? The Jags think that Justin Fields is actually a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence and are happy to be one game behind. And they've got Marone doing the exact same thing as the Gays, knowing that they don't need the number one overall pick because they can get Fields at two. It's, it's that's still, <laughs> that, that, well, that's still assuming that, that's still assuming that he, that, that, Trevor Lawrence one does come out like we expect, uh, and two that he he is picked. Um, I, I I wouldn't be so comfortable right now with that. I mean, I guess if, if you've got tapes on both of them, you think both are going to come out, and they probably know that I uh, the GMs know that Trevor Lawrence is either coming out or he's staying. Like I mean, they I'm... know. They, that decision is made. There's there's no way that Trevor Lawrence is sitting on a fence here at this stage of the season, not sure what is going to happen. And I'm sure that the GMs of those teams know that he is coming out or he's staying. So if you're playing there as the Jacksonville Jaguars and you're one and 10 now, you must be feeling pretty good on getting one of those two guys. And I reckon the two guys are not overly, they're not that far apart in, draft scouting and ability. I don't think I don't think you're talking about Jared Goff and Mitchell Trubisky here. I don't think the golf is that big. I think it's it's much, much, much smaller. Obviously Trevor Lawrence is an easy one for people to say are the, are the favorite, but yeah, I, I if if they like Fields, maybe, but I think it's hard for them to say, right, we're gonna get Justin Fields with the two pick. <laughs> yeah. Whereas it's probably easy for them to say, we're gonna get one of Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields and we like both these guys. Yeah, we'll no, take no. either one. That, that, that's a lot more pragmatic, and I, it, I like it. I like it. I'm so pretty sure Dabo, what... Dabo Sweeney said in an interview last week, maybe or something, that life without tre- he basically referenced the fact that Trevor Lawrence was going to be gone next year. So, well, you have to look at it and go, why would Trevor Lawrence stay? And the only reason he would stay is for a degree, which he could finish. He could finish it this year. Yeah. So if he's in it for the degree, he could he could get that um, and finish and graduate before he starts in the NFL. I can't see any other reason because he, he can't go and elevate his draft stock any higher because he's already mm. scheduled to be the number one pick. At worst, he falls to two. And he's not going to go any lower than two. No. So he he has nothing to stay for other than other than that. So it would be a big shock that he stayed. 100%. More people who have uh, got the tin tack. Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn have been fired as head coach and general manager of the Detroit Lions, respectively, on Saturday following their Thanksgiving defeat. Daryl Bevel has been placed as interim head coach. This, I mean, yeah. I'm not surprising. Been... Not surprising. Matt, did you, I, I did not know that Matt Patricia had never won two games in a row. I didn't know that, but that doesn't <laughs> shock me either. 
but that is a terrible stat to be the owner of. Not winning two games in a row. Win loss, win loss, win loss. I, win, I loss. mean, you say that that he's not the only coach in the NFL that holds that record. Is there others? Well, I, I can think of Zach Taylor currently at the Bengals, who's only won three games in his entire NFL tenure. Uh, That's very so true. You know, and he's not won any of them back to back. I can tell you that for free. Um, <laughs> oh, the Bengals. It's Doug Mar- I guess Doug Moreau might have done during twenty. He must have done during twenty seventeen because he finished mm. a winning record. Uh, there's got to be a few. Vance Joseph probably wouldn't have done it. Well, I mean, no, he would have done it. Denver. Who's the other one I'm thinking of? The one that was at um, Arizona. Was it Steve? Oh, what's his name? The one before King- Kingsbury. I doubt he got two wins in a row. Oh, God. He's a coach now. Um, I can't remember his name. Someone will message me and tell me what it is. Um, but yeah, there's a few. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that, good old Matt Patricia. Just uh, another example of, I, I, I think for me, if you are a coach of a specific side of the ball, and that side of the ball is the side of the ball that your team is really bad on, you should not be an NFL head coach. Mm-hmm. You know, it, the offense wasn't bad. The defense was terrible. Couldn't stop the run. Didn't really tackle. You, you've had enough picks there and enough time to build that. Yeah. And the fact that you fired Quinn says you just had enough and you're cleaning the slate. I don't know who takes that job. I think if you're looking at the jobs that are potentially going to be available, which you're looking at, uh, Houston. What's available? Houston, Detroit, um, well, the Atlanta. Jet, the Jets are going to be available. The Jets will be available. The Jags will probably be available. Um, I, I, I wouldn't rule out the Bengals being available. I can't see how Zach Taylor can hold on um, winning three games in two years because that team wasn't that bad. Um. Anthony Lynn and the Chargers probably has to go. So you're looking at about six, seven teams potentially are going to are going to be free. Is Detroit the worst of those? Absolutely not. Is it the best one? I mean, I think outside of Houston, it's probably Houston or the Chargers. I would say are probably the two jobs that would be the most coveted. Yeah, I think especially the way Justin Herbert is playing, the Chargers exactly is now. The Chargers is a tasty prospect. But you've got decent players there. Yeah. That, that is not a big job to go and take them from a three-win team to on the fringes of the playoffs in a year, year and a half. It's not It's not going to take a lot of work. You've got the players. You, I mean, they've got – their defense have got some of the best – we talked about this before. Their defense has got some of the best offensive players you can get in football. Yeah. Their offense, you've got Keenan Allen, Justin Herbert, Hunter Henry – Austin Eckler. Um, Austin Eckler. Like you're talking about, you've got enough players there to make a, an eight, nine win team without Easily. having to do a lot. Yeah. Easily. Change the scheme, add a bit of confidence, whatever it takes, right? Not not a ton you have to do to do that. Houston, because of the fact you've got the Sean Watson again, you have weapons. Yes, it needs a bit more cultivating and work, but that team has won the division four in the last six years. It's not a huge rebuild job. Detroit mm. is a bit more of a rebuild job, but it's a historic franchise. You've got some nucleus of young talent there. And coming in with a new GM, yes, you're going to need a new QB. And yes, you're going to need a few other pieces, but you've got you've got a nucleus to work with. Yep. Whereas I think if you're going into Jacksonville, that's a tough job. That's a tough job because you've traded all your players, you have some picks, but how I, I, it depends how many picks you've got. 
Um, but you you need to draft everything. There isn't there isn't a, a a room there that I would say is good. I wouldn't say any position they are they are nailed on at. Um, I don't. Yeah, I. You could argue the defensive line is serviceable. That's about as good as it gets. Even so, they got rid of their best players off the. But that's what I mean. Line. It's not. It's not great. It's serviceable. Their secondary is. I mean, they got your boy CJ Henderson in there, but who's phenomenal. But that's one corner, and it takes a couple of years to to get to a level to where he can be elite. Do you know? Um, I, I don't hate their wide receiver room. DJ Chark and Lewis Cashino. Uh, yeah, then... it's fine. Okay, it's serviceable. Yeah, it's fine. That's what I'm saying. It, it, it's fine. It needs an alpha. They've got a lot of they've got a lot of X receivers and a lot of sort of. It doesn't have that that X factor receiver who is going to be your alpha doesn't have a Keenan Allen it doesn't have a um a, a Jerry Judy or it doesn't have uh, you know a, a real playmaking one it's similar position to the Giants they've got a load of receivers just none of them are that that alpha who's going to own own the own the role DJ Chark is a good good receiver is he great <laughs> yeah. he's, a, he's a great two he's a great two great second receiver to have but I don't think he's an alpha. Yeah, and the trouble is where they're going to be drafting as well. They're going to be up right at the top end. We're not going to be taking a receiver. And if you don't have a pick sort of mid to late first, you're not going to get one of the alphas of this class. And then you're still, apart from free agent ads, you're not going to be staring down the barrel of an alpha. So still running with Chark and Visca. But hey, hey, we'll, we'll see what happens. There's going to be the coaching carousel is going to be wild this offseason. Yeah. I mean, Mick McCarthy, not Mick McCarthy. He's from Bolton or, or um, the the guy at Dallas. What's his name? Mike McCarthy. Yeah. Um, I think he stays. You lose but your he, franchise quarterback. You... He could be, you know, if they lose the rest of the, which isn't impossible, if they lose the rest of their games and Jerry's like, no, nah, I'm not, this isn't working. I can't see it. I think he stays another, another year. Do I think he's the long-term answer? Absolutely not. I'm glad that we in Tampa didn't hire him. Um, I, I said it when he was fired. I felt he was pretty much done as a head coach in the NFL. He just is too stale. Um, his, his methodology and tactics are just not. He's of a different generation. Um, you know, there is there are some of these guys who just um, they were just a bit far off. But yeah, anyway, I think that is what it is. Um, yeah. Moving on to some other sad, I say sad news. Daniel Jones is expected to miss some time following a hamstring injury in the Giants' win versus the Bengals. Moved them into the lead in the NFC East. Daniel Jones went out with a hamstring injury, came back for one play and looked, well, looked hobbled. So left the game and Colt McCoy came in and was Colt McCoy. So for, for fantasy purposes, this is a little bit of an arrow down for all your pass catchers at the Giants. A little bit. Um I, I think what's a bigger arrow down is their playoff hopes. Um, you know, they're top of the division right now. They have the schedule to where with a fit Daniel Jones, I think they could have exploited it. Um, I don't think with Colt McCoy, they're going to be quite as good. So, but I, I like Colt McCoy. I don't think he's, as a backup goes, if I'm playing him for a game or two, I, I don't feel overly worried, but I just think he's just not played enough games over the last couple of years to really get going. He played a couple of games in Washington. But yeah, I, I don't mind Colt McCoy. I think he's he's fine. Um but I, yeah, I think it may be a slight arrow down to the receivers. 
Um, but I think more importantly, their playoff hopes are going to take a, a bit of a dent here. James Robinson is currently 159 scrimmage yards away from breaking the all-time scrimmage records from an undrafted rookie in their rookie season. He's currently on 1,170 yards, and the record was set in 2001 by Colts running back Dominic Rhodes with 1,328. So 150 scrimmage yards is pretty gettable between now and the end of the season. Yeah, considering that they're playing people like Mike Glennon, Jake Luton, um, and who else might play at quarterback there um, next week? We don't know. Um, you know, he, he he's going to get if he stays healthy, he's going to get that in in two three games max. Um, he's been fantastic. You know, yeah. he he has been really really good. I don't know what this means to him going forward. Uh, we saw a similar situation with Philip Lindsay had a great rookie year, um, and then decided to dilute his time, and then in year three they get melvin gordon to come along and uh, and really dilute the time and you know i I wouldn't take this as red that james robinson is going to be a stud going forward but man he won you uh we talked about his andy singleton as a as a waiver wire ad early on boys he's really served me well uh in a lot of leagues um he really him and mike davis have been my absolute waiver wire mvps this year because they got me out of a lot of crap um, when needed. So uh, kudos to him. I think he's been terrific. And uh, yeah, it's only fitting he breaks that record because he's been the best undrafted rookie back I, I've ever seen mm-hmm. um, and probably anyone has ever seen. And he is, he, he's been more than serviceable. He breaks the tackles. He's been really, really good. And you have to question how guys like this can can slip through a, a 250, 260 player draft. Yes, sir, indeedy. Somebody who didn't slip through the draft and went at 26 to the Raiders was Josh Jacobs. He is dealing with an ankle sprain that looks worse than it is. He could be back for week 13, but John Gruden is pretty worried about it. Yeah, we'll see what happens. It's Monday. We'll, we'll know more by Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. But yeah, I, I, I said on the Wave Wire podcast that you should probably put a sneaky ad in for Devontae Booker just in case. Absolutely, because Jalen Rashad is not back yet. And then the final bit of news is that week 16 is going to feature a Saturday triple header. The Bucks would play the Lions, the Niners will place the Cardinals, and the Dolphins will take on the Raiders. That's some good Saturday viewing right there, Murph. Uh, Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I I don't really have any... (laughs) uh, As a Bucks fan, how do you feel about them playing on a Saturday? Have they said? Have they announced the times? I haven't seen the times. The, that the Bucks. I, my, uh, my phone is currently there as my camera, so I can't tell you. But it was a sleeper notification, and I know the Bucks is the first of the three games. That may well be watchable for you. I mean, it's a Saturday, but you know, it's a six p.m. Yeah, I, 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 the way I view it is, is this: is it, it's been great to have the Bucks nationally relevant again. Um, but it is quite annoying to have them on prime time as often as it is. It sounds like a first world problem, I guess, but <laughs> I guess when you're used to them just playing Sunday, six o'clock every, it's just like you could set your watch. Oh, well, Sunday at six, Sunday at six, yeah. Sunday at six, Sunday at six. I guess, you know, Saturday at six isn't too bad. Um, I think, yeah, uh, I, I like the Saturday games. I think it's good. It adds a bit of additional spice, but um, yeah, I, I, I also wouldn't say I'm like the biggest, lover of them i i like them i enjoy them um but also i'm very traditionalist that think that 
it should be stuck to Thursday, Sunday, Monday. Talking of talking of traditionalist, uh, we got our Christmas decorations up this weekend. It's pretty early, but I've decided this year Christmas can come a little bit early because of everything that's happened. And my little man, he knows what Christmas is now and he absolutely loves Christmas trees. So we thought we'd get ours up. And then I was messaging Pitsy, shout out Pitsy earlier, and he sent me a picture of his Christmas tree. And his Christmas tree is anything but traditional. He's uh, He's got a wild collection of baubles and then he's got three giant neon lights on his Christmas tree. Uh, one's a penguin, one's a star, and then the other one might be a neon Christmas tree. But they are almost a quarter the size of the Christmas tree just put on the Christmas tree. So if if you want to see Pitsy's Christmas tree, it's wild out there and, and non-conventional. Hit Pitsy up. That's uh, at Pitsy. Un- no. Pitsy at underscore NFL. NFL? Or is it just Pitsy, Pitsy NFL? NFL? Yeah, at Pitsy NFL. Um it's a great tree. It's it's not my it's not my bag, but it is as Christmas trees go. It's it's definitely a great one because it's individual to their to them. So I like it. A bit of individuality to it. Listen, Rush Nation, Murph and I have got chatting, and uh, we've got we've got time for the takeaways quickly. Do you think, or do you not want to do a little short one later in the week and really give these could, guys some extra content? We could, we could look at doing an extra podcast later in the week, but I do I do think we could do the takeaways now because I think some of them reflect the waiver wire and it would go out of date pretty quickly. Well, one of them does say waiver wire in it, so we might as well do the takeaways. They're going to be quick. They're going to be fast. The first one is that Prashad Perryman is the real wide receiver difference on the waiver wire right now. Yeah, if you listen to the waiver wire podcast yesterday, 20 yards per catch in uh, his last three games, three touchdowns his last three games. My biggest worry was he wasn't getting targeted by Darnold. He got six targets yesterday. Um they clearly had some chemistry and rapport going, which was really, really good. Um, I just think when you're looking at difference makers on, on the waiver wire right now, and the wide receiver area is really stacked. Uh, Bashar Perriman is the only guy out there I can see putting up wide receiver one numbers in a week on the waiver wire that's under 50% owned. I can't see anyone else who's, who's going to do that and give you that opportunity. So, you know, he looks good. He's moving well. And also, the big thing is Perryman comes live now. He Every season, last four or five games of the season, he comes to life because it's contract time. Um, and he's always playing on one these one-year deals. And this is where he gets his next contract from. So, Rashad Perriman, add him, off your way, or, or add him off your waiver wires. Even if you've got a really stacked wide receiver room, add him and make sure nobody else gets him. Because he's the sort of guy that will knock you out of your fantasy playoffs. Yep. 100%. He is the Derek Henry of wide receivers at this time of year. Number two, people will panic and drop Jared Goff this week, scoop him up and stash him for your playoffs. And the same goes for Tom Brady also. Yeah, so two big things on this. Jared Goff and Tom Brady have the two easiest remaining schedules for fantasy football quarterbacks. Um, Jared Goff had a miserable, miserable time and he turns the ball over a lot and he was bad. This, that was the last real difficult defense he's going to face the rest of the season. Uh, Tom Brady um, is on a bye this week, so people will drop him in, in desperation to try and get into the playoffs. Um, if they're free on your waiver wires, you must pick them up, even if you have a Mahomes, even if you have uh, a Rogers, even if you have a Watson, because these, again, these two are the sort of players that can just go off and and knock you out of your playoffs. Much harder at quarterback than it is at wide receiver. But nonetheless, these are the sorts of guys you want to make sure that those teams on the peripherals cannot get their hands on. Absolutely. Number three, running production is dropping. And as a result, look at your flex options. Maybe playing a wide receiver is a better play than putting a running back in. 
Now, I don't think there's anybody that likes running backs in fantasy football more than me. And if there is, I'm welcome to be challenged. However, let me just go through some numbers based on week 12. And appreciate we still got two games to go. So, look, I have to preface this that the, the, some of these numbers um, can change. Right. But I'm just going into week 12 numbers for tight. Uh, sorry for running back. So bear with me two seconds. <laughs> I was going to say, I might as well say number four now while you're talking about running backs, uh, looking those stuff up. Number four is that tight ends are not relevant. Murph almost said tight end then. So if you don't need to pick one up, don't bother. We'll come back to that after Murph's hit the running back numbers. Right. So half point PPR scoring. Okay. Top seven scored over 22 fantasy points. Pretty standard. Nothing really much to see there. Um, six and seven actually tied, which is Kenyon Drake and, and David Montgomery. Um, Number eight was Austin Eckler, 18.4 yard, uh, points. Not massive for a number eight. You normally expect that number to be in the 20s. Uh, but this is where it really tails off, right? 12th best running back on the week was 15.5 points for Duke Johnson. And so if you look at the numbers between eight and 17, which was Jamal Williams was the, was the running back 17, that difference between eight and 17 was five, 4.9 points gracious sorry 5.1 points so 5.1 points was the difference between the running back eight and the running back 17 so that that production has really tailed off but it's just the numerical value as well you know 13 13 points you think about in a half ppr ppr what your wide receivers are going to do if i compare that with the wide receiver numbers just directly um you know the wide receiver 17 scored 14 points which correlates pretty nicely with what Jamal Williams got but you had a lot more scores in like the 18s the 20s uh etc and then you had Tyreek at 50 51 at the top there and half PPR so the point is is that there's easier paths to get to that 15 to 20 range through wide receiver than there is through running back right now because the, the position's been decimated with injuries so when you're sitting there, a lot of people just very traditional. They put three running backs in because they think running backs always touching the ball, running backs always touching the ball, running backs always touching the ball. Mm-hmm. Game scripts, strength of schedule, all these sorts of things matter. There is an easier path potentially to get there with wide receivers. Think about that. Um, and and therefore, don't just automatically put a running back in your flex when potentially a uh, wide receiver has a safer floor but an easier path to get to that 15 points. Um tight ends being irrelevant okay um this is really key mentioned that the tight end one on the week is robert tonyan five catches 67 yards and a td 15.2 fantasy points um only 10 tight ends scored double digit points um the difference between the tight end two and the tight end 10 was 3.7 points which is virtually nil um you mean you've got guys like mercedes lewis two for 16 and a touchdown. He's the wide receiver 12 on the week. Like it's just a position that, you know, it's so easy to pick a top 18 guy. 18 is Dalton Schultz, five points. Yes. Nothing. What's the point? This is my point. Do not add a tight end unless absolutely necessary. Um, It's just a waste of a roster spot. Say we don't roster an extra one. If you don't need to, don't bother. And the only reason you should have two tight ends on your roster right now is because Rob Gronkowski is one of them and you're getting a bye week cover for him. That is the only reason you need to have a second tight end on your roster. If you have two tight ends on your roster, I don't care if it's Kelsey and, and someone else. 
Um, Kittle, because he's on IR, maybe. But if you've got Kelsey and you've got Johnny Smith, cut Johnny Smith. He's not good enough to play in your flex every week. You do not need him. Don't go about well, if Kelsey gets injured. Yeah, well, the position is irrelevant. We've just gone through the points. They're just not worth it. Put a wide receiver in. I'd rather take pot shots on people like Bashar Perriman every week than be trying to hit a wide receiver off uh, a tight end off the waiver wire. Absolutely. And then number five of the takeaways this week. Waiver wire is now very, very thin. So go get you guys for the playoffs now. Think about the strength of schedule I talked about on the podcast last week. Uh, the special standalone 10 tips to make your fantasy football playoffs. Look at the strength of schedule, uh, and I'll update it, post it onto the Twitter this week when the week 12 is completed. Um, go get your guys now. Go get them this week. Don't be waiting around thinking, well, in this, there's going to be guys, injuries, etc. happens every year where a player comes up that, that wasn't on the radar two weeks ago. That That's fine. They're, those players will still continue to happen. But go get your Brashard Perrimans now. Go stash your benches with as many fantasy-relevant football players as you can get right now. And just keep them there because what you don't want to be doing is relying on someone to come on and go, oh, well, so-and-so might get injured. So therefore I should wait for an injury pop up to happen in the playoffs. It might not happen. Good chance it won't happen. Go get your guys now. If nothing else, you'll be adding a good blocker. Also top tip, and Rob mentioned this on the on the chat that we have, is what do I do if I've got a buy? So I've got a buy in, in week 14. If you've got a buy in week 14, still play the waiver wire, still add players. If nothing else, be looking at where your potential week 15 opponent is weak. Look at both rosters. Try and schedule some blocks, so additional quarterbacks, additional positions to try and block them where they might be weak in week 15. Stash your rosters, your benches with as many fantasy relevant players as possible. If you've been on your bench for 14 weeks and you've not played them, why are they still there? Get rid of them. Yep. It's now getting to that point where DSTs are important in the playoff run as well. So if you've got players in your uh, bench spots that you're not playing, like the second tight end, and you know that a DST has got a great matchup in the fantasy playoffs, pick them up now because you don't want to be battling in the waivers for them later. Best, best tight end, best DSTs you can pick up. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> New Orleans Saints, who won't be available, the Seahawks, and Washington. Go. Five easiest DST schedules from here on out. There you go. You heard it here first. Maybe not first, but you definitely heard it here. So, um, yeah, that was that was good, Murph. We definitely don't have time for the actual segment of today's show so there's a chance i might be back on your airwaves later on in the week rush nation with the big man murph almost definitely back in uh later on in the week with the matchups podcast rob and pitsy will be here on friday have i missed anything feels like i might have done the, the um dfs podcast Ah, yeah. Sorry, Nick, Mark. Great stuff, as always, chaps. The DFS podcast will hopefully be out Thursday. I'm assured that that's coming to me on Wednesday. So, And there might be some bonus content. I may look at some deep dice of some teams um, coming through um, and maybe do some divisional stuff. I'm yet to kind of hone it in. I'm going to look at some time, have a few requests on some breakdowns of divisions and things like that. So there might be something like that coming down the pipe. I like it. I like it. Oh, and uh, don't forget the College Boys podcast comes out on Wednesday. It would be remiss of me, Murph, not to mention that the first ship has landed in the five yard rush dock. I went and took down Jack at the five yard rush college showdown. Murph and I battled in the semis and for somehow I managed to come through victorious. It's very rare that I managed to beat the big man, but I got it done that time. And it was 
you know, I was the big underdog, but I played the wire. They didn't give me a chance on their pod. I took it home, boys. I took it home. So that's the first one locked in. First ships here. It's going to be a full Many dot come the end of the season. That is for sure. Right, Murph, let's get out of here. This has been absolute blast as always. Uh, Rush Nation, stay safe and don't forget, keep rushing. HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm going to do this to protect myself. Do it for them. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 